Welcome to Chase Family Church. You're about to hear a message from one of our Sunday mornings, and we pray that God would bless it to you and to your family. Ah, morning, everyone. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Acts and to chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 1. Oh dear, come on, there we are. There. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles who he had chosen, to whom he had presented himself alive, after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put on his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We shall leave it there. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you that Uh, This is the day the Lord has made and we're going to rejoice in it. And so Father, as your word um, speaks to us this morning, I pray that you will speak to our hearts and inspire us and encourage us in Jesus' name. You know, politicians, um, doctors, uh, business people, scientists, the guys down the pub, the parents going to pick up their children from the school, everyone has been asking the question, where do we go from here? You know, we thought that things would be over by now, didn't we? You know, and uh, we, I even remember people back in uh, the beginning of the time saying prophetically that it, will, it won't be long, it'll be just a matter of weeks. This microphone's still on, by the way. <laughs> Should be off. Um... And, uh, you know, I remember thinking, oh, that's good, it'll be over. But here we are, it's nearly eight months, and we're still there. Where do we go from here? And I was wondering, what characters in the Bible could I look at for some help? Well, I felt the Lord put on my mind the disciples. That must have been uh, the question that the disciples asked more than once. In my mind, first, when Jesus was taken away to be crucified, and secondly, when Jesus had went up to heaven and I don't know about you but I too am asking that question where do we go from here when Jesus was taken away all the disciples left him but hang on let's just think about that for a minute they spent three years with this man who said he was the son of God they got to know him they got to trust him they saw miracles 
He dealt with the authorities, didn't he? He dealt with all those in position because he himself had authority. They saw him raise people from the dead. He fed 4,000 people. He fed 5,000 people. And then he was taken away and arrested by the high priest and the guards. Frightening. Turn with me to Mark 15, would you? Just look in there to get the picture. Many of you know the stories, the story, but... uh, Verse 48. Jesus answered and said to them, now bear in mind, this is the guards had all come to get a hold of him. And here we are in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I was daily with you in the temple teaching and you did not seize me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then they, that's his disciples, all forsook him and fled. They didn't just say he, they went off for a stroll. They fled. They ran. They left him. If you turn with me to um, Luke 22, there's a very um, sad verse there. Luke 22, um, I'll see it now. Go from verse 59. Here we see, we know the story that Peter, it says, followed at a distance. Um, but he was identified by various people and this is what one of them said just at the end here. He said, then after about an hour, verse 59, passed an, an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed saying, surely this fellow also was from him, with him, for he's a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you're saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And then there's this very sad line. It says, and the Lord turned and looked at him. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And so Peter went out and wept bitterly. I bet he did. But just a moment, here we are. Jesus, the Son of God, looked at him. Peter knew. He knew what he'd done. But that's just a, a little thing. And I find that verse very powerful because Jesus... In amongst all he's doing with everything that's going on, all the guards and everything around, the persecution that he's had there, turns to Jesus because that was something that he wanted us to remember. Let's just imagine for a moment what would life be like for these chaps if Jesus died and didn't come back from the dead? Suppose they're there together. What happens if he's killed? What happens if he's crucified? You know, we've been hanging around with him. Are we going to get killed? Are we going to get crucified? You know, we knew this guy. We knew Jesus. And even Pete, who we all thought was going to stand firm with him, he denied him too to that servant girl. You know, he'd never have believed it. What do we do now? Where do we go now? Would life have just returned to how it had been before Jesus came along? Would there be their motivation? What would be their motivation? Having been let down, his words would not have meant the same thing. They might have meant nothing. Jesus had died. They're feeling lost. They're feeling alone. 
They knew what he said, but suddenly they are facing this reality. He's gone. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but um, I'm sure you can identify with it. You know, you're in a situation, and when people come in with uniforms, for instance, a police come in, you go, oh, what's going on? Or it can be a fire brigade or ambulance. You know, things change, don't they? I remember some years ago in our office, um, it was New Year's Eve, and it was incredibly cold. It was like minus 10 or something, and I had to get up at 1 o'clock in the night. The office had been broken into. And I got there, and there was police out the front of the building. Got around the back, and there was police out the back. And they were waiting for a dog handler because they thought the robber was still inside. And they were actually discussing whether they should get an arm unit, armed unit because they thought there might be someone with a gun. And I thought, oh my goodness. I thought, well, I'm getting out of here. So I went and sat in my car. One, because it was so cold. But two, because I thought, what's going on? I needed to pray. And the peace of God came. I remember thinking then, Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's what he is to you today. If you know him as your Lord and Savior, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And will be with you whatever the circumstances. But here are these disciples. And their so-called situation is broken into by these guards, the officials and the captains from the Sanhedrin coming in. Turn with me to Luke chapter 24. We're just going to see this is the point where the Holy Spirit starts to... Jesus comes and returns from his death. Sorry, I beg your pardon. Chapter 24, verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, they, behold, two men stood by them uh, in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And on the third day, rise again. And they remembered his words. Then at that moment, they started to remember his words. And come back to the beginning of the book of Acts. There's just three things I want to pull out of this. Um, the first couple of verses there. In verse 2, he says, He was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. He'd given commandments by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the third member of the Holy Trinity, is the aspect that God lives and empowers and inspires us. The Holy Spirit has a work among those who are not yet believers, but he also has a great significant work in those who believe. If the glorified resurrected Jesus needed and relied on the Holy Spirit, then so should we. This is a pattern for the rest of the book of Acts. We see it, which shows us that the Holy Spirit does what the Holy Spirit does operating through the church. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. 
Even if he, Jesus, was indebted to the Holy Spirit for the power of his ministry, surely we cannot afford to attempt the work appointed us without that same anointing. That's giving commands by the Holy Spirit. Secondly, in verse 3, to whom he also presented himself alive after his sufferings by many infallible work proofs. Jesus also established the fact of his resurrection with many infallible proofs during the 40 days that he was here on this planet. And in Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 6, he was seen by over 500 people. They saw the resurrected Jesus. And most of them were still alive 25 years later in Paul's ministry. So it's quite a long period of time people held this testimony that Jesus was definitely alive. They saw him. And then thirdly, <coughs> in uh, verse 3, <coughs> excuse me, speaking to the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. The teaching Jesus gave during that period after his resurrection and before the ascension is not actually recorded. But we are told that he used the time to speak of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Some Gnostic and New Age teachers would like you to think that Jesus used those 40 days to teach his followers strange and obscure doctrines that must be rediscovered by new revelations today. But Luke told us that Jesus simply taught them much and the same thing, things and themes that he had taught them on his earthly ministry. Things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So there's much that we can learn from the disciples <coughs> and this period. You know, this must have been what the disciples were asking as they huddled together after the death of Jesus. We ask the same questions ourselves. We go through major changes in our lives. Our circumstances, our relationships, our health, and our finance. Where do we go from here? We're, we ask it when we're at a crossroads in our lives, in a new situation, a new job. Perhaps we're getting married. Perhaps we're buying a new home. And we need to know which way to go. And God reminds us that Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. We know those verses. But it very fundamentally says Jesus is the way. <clears throat> what did the disciples do? They stayed faithful. They kept going. And that's what we must do. Let's keep going. We can discover the way as we follow Jesus, step by step. I often say, um, it will become clear. It's one of my phrases. What I mean by that is the Lord will show you, and he will get it sorted out. The difficulty is you want it now, or I want it now. And it may not be in his time, and it may not be his way. He might want to do it in a different way to what we expect. See, when Jesus arose from the grave, it was a completely new reality. Now, isn't that something that's being banded around at the moment? A completely new reality. You know, it's the new norm. And, you know, Jesus showed his disciples the way through the new reality in his post-resurrection appearance. 
God is always at work around us, in spite of COVID or anything else. He is always at work with us, uh, around us. If we just focus on this period here where Mary Magdalene comes and uh, to Jesus. In John 20, it says this in verse 11. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept. She bent over and looked into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken, away, taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. And then in Luke 24, we see the story of Cleopas and his friends on the road to Emmaus. And it says this from verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up alongside them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. See, they were f so focused on their own situations and circumstances that they missed Jesus. Perhaps we're focusing on other things. Authorities and things that are going on around us are changing. You know, I want to say, look around, see where God's at work and join in. <laughs> Jesus spoke to Mary by name. And uh, he said, that, and she realized his presence. It says this in uh, uh, verse 15 about, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus broke bread with Cleopas and his friends and their eyes were opened. Again in uh, 24, 28, it says, um, so they went to stay with him. When he was at the table with them, he broke bread. He gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. And their eyes were opened as they recognized him. And they said, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? What and where are you looking at the moment? What are you staring at that stops you from seeing Jesus? What are you focusing on? Is it work? Is it family? Is it finance? The next holiday? Any holiday. <laughs> you know, what are you focusing on that's taking, preventing you from seeing Jesus? Maybe it's fear, fear of COVID, staying at home. What is stopping you seeing Jesus? Chase Family Church is to be sensitive and obedient to God's leading. And we need to continue that legacy. And God is wor at work around us right now. Are you listening? Are you looking? Or are you focused on your own grief, your own opinions, your own demands? Are you looking out for yourself, your comforts? Let's aim to listen and look around to see where God is at work, where Jesus is leading us. This year has been a very strange year, both not only for COVID, but 
for us personally. Both, uh, many of you know, both of Liz's parents have passed away during this COVID time and we've experienced grief. And then just after that, they then find out that I'm going to have a heart bypass. Things couldn't be more different this year <coughs> compared to last year. We'd never have thought this was going to happen. Is this a shock to God? I don't think so. I don't think God woke up and said, oh golly, there's a virus on earth. What are we going to do? You know? I, I believe this is a time for reflection on our relationship with him, with Jesus. I believe the disciples had that time to reflect and think about their situation. And it's about walking in his presence. What do I mean when I say in his presence? I think people who say they love the Lord and mean it and are doing things that make a difference. That's what I think about moving and walking in his presence. But there are some of, a, uh, some of those who say they love the Lord but want to stay comfortable watching at a distance like Peter when he followed behind when Jesus was going to the cross. Watching the safety. And I say to you, Watch out. Jesus is about to shake the nations. To ruffle a few feathers. I think it's going to be a, a challenging time. Pete alluded to it when he was praying. I would love to say, I, you know, the rapture. I love, I love the thought of rapture. Right now would be pretty good, Lord, you know. <laughs> but I have to tell you, I think that things are changing. I think things are getting more difficult. And we have to be prepared. To stand up. Watch out. Ken shared only uh, the other Wednesday. We were talking about Colossians. Those of us who joined in on that on the Wednesday evenings. We had a great time looking through the book of Colossians. And um, he made reference to Laodicea. Which is not far from Colossae if you look on the map. But in Revelations it says about Laodicea. That you are lukewarm. And that's a very dangerous place. You're neither hot nor cold. And it says, I will spew you out of my mouth. I don't think we want to be that, do we? Anybody? <laughs> we don't want to be like that. We want to be hot. Come on, church. We do not want to be classed as that. Well, let's get the fire going. Let's get the Holy Spirit to ignite our lives again and again and again. We say, come Holy Spirit, ignite us. Now I understand that some people are shielding and they have parents to think of and medical conditions. And Liz and I, um, in the very beginning, certainly had some symptoms and had to go through some of that, let alone at the same time looking after her parents. You know, shortly after the virus started, I had a, a few phone calls from people telling me what I should do to avoid the, the virus. And what I realized... They were talking out of their own fear. And they were putting that fear on me. Now certainly at the beginning, as I say, Liz and I had to go through those, um, some illness and some symptoms. She talked to a doctor about it one day and he said, yeah, those are symptoms. But I think many of you here probably had that. We know that. A few heads nodding. And I'm sure online you can identify with this. But we started to trust the Lord all over again with the way that we did things. Psalm 91, I learned years ago, that suddenly it had new meaning. 
the impact of those verses dealt with things and I recognized it and that's why we encourage people within the church to learn it to read it and declare it over their lives in their work situations we have a God in heaven who will watch over us no matter what's going on and I believe the disciples were doing the same thing learning to trust Jesus all over again you know it there they were in a room and Jesus appears and then they go and they tell the other disciples and there's old doubting Thomas I can identify with that guy can't you there he is he says well, I'm not doing anything not until I see it myself not until I see Jesus and then Jesus turns up right in the middle of the room he just appears can you imagine what that is like for starters <laughs> they're sat around and suddenly boom Jesus turns up and he turns to Thomas and he said go on Feel there where the sword went in. He says, feel my hands where the nails went in. Thomas couldn't doubt then. Now if we hold on in our faith to Jesus, and he, that's what he asks of us, we too will walk closely with him in his presence. You know, most Christians aren't used to looking for counterfeit friendship. We assume friendship, even the world's version of it, is harmless but the Bible doesn't treat any worldly philosophy as harmless in Romans 12 verse 2 we're commanded not to be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind and in Colossians 2 verse 8 we are warned not to be taken captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ for the Christian, our friendship should not be according to the culture, but according to Christ. Which of course begs the question, what is friendship according to Jesus? How does our faith affect our practice of this massive part of our lives? For many, all that their faith changes is the external trappings of their relationship. Instead of partying, we have a Bible study. Instead of clubbing, we host games nights. Instead of, instead of watching Fifty Shades of Grey, we watch God It's Not Dead. But is this God's goal? Simply to turn drinking buddies into accountability partners? To turn gossip sessions into prayer requests? No. Far be it from us to expect so little transformation in our friendship when the spiritually dead receive new life in Christ the entire heartbeat of our friendship is transformed so let's fight for a biblical framework around our friendship so that we can see the clarity the rising tide of philosophies presented in our culture by gaining a vision of friendship according to Jesus we will no longer need to settle for some merely friendish situations and this friendship we have with God is an expensive one. It's through the humble incarnation, the perfect obedience, the costly death, and the resurrection of Jesus that God reconciled us to himself. In Jesus, we are saved. In Jesus, we are reconciled to God. In Jesus, we have a truly saving friendship. But there is a catch. 
Jesus is not content being one among many our, our many friends. In Luke chapter 14, verse 26, he declares, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus demands our ultimate loyalty to be our friend above all others. Our devotion to him should be so paramount that all other affections look like hate in comparison. Either Jesus is first in our life or he's not in our life. When Jesus was taken by the soldiers and the high priest, had reality changed? No. Not then and not now. Jesus was still on the throne then and he's still on the throne today. I said it earlier, Jesus said I'm the same yesterday, today and forever. For the Christian, it is either God first and God alone or not at all. He will not settle for second or even share first place. It may sound tough to you, but these are the realities of what the Bible teaches us. That good things can become ultimate is not a new concept. The best thing in life, best things in life, often pose the greatest threat to our individual devotion to God. And I believe this COVID is causing division. And we need to stand firm. The way I see it, there are two points that the disciples are waiting on the Lord. And we see that when he was taken away by the Sanhedrin, probably the most worrying for them, they didn't have the anticipation of the Holy Spirit. They weren't aware of it at that time because of um, their, their blankness to things. Yet then we see that after his resurrection, when he had been and spent time with them, things were different. When the disciples were waiting for the Holy Spirit, what were they doing? Well, it says in Acts, 4, um, Acts 1 verse 14, they were being obedient by waiting with one accord in prayer and supplication. They were with one accord. It says that just before the Holy Spirit came, didn't it? They were with one accord and then suddenly. You know, some weeks ago we had that week of prayer and we had time with our missionaries online. What a great time we had. But there was a sense of us coming together. Now I know COVID has done all sorts of things and that, but we are still the body of Christ. We need to be praying together, interceding for one another. Hands up anybody who's got no problems. <laughs> All right? We need to be praying for each other. That's what the body of Christ is about. And the world would have us not meeting together. But the Bible says do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Now we're creating the best opportunities we can through here on a Sunday morning. It's great to see you here this morning. And if you're online, book your place for next Sunday. Don't miss out on it. I'm sure it'll be a great message from Adonai. We have a wonderful time of worship. Claire, brilliant this morning. It was good to be getting into the presence of the Lord. But we need to be obedient in our prayer. And we look at the disciples, they, uh, there was a time for anticipation, knowing that Jesus had been and gone knowing that something was going to happen, knowing that God's power was going to be released, knowing that his kingdom was coming. But how? They didn't know. 
But they didn't have to wait long. The Holy Spirit came and empowered them to do the work in the kingdom. So we need to wait and we need to pray. What certainty do we have? Do you know, we have the knowledge that Jesus says he is coming back for us. In Revelation 22, verse 20, Jesus assures us of his return. Surely I am coming quickly. Come on, that is good news. I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. He's coming back for us. Some would say we're, you know, we're come, coming home. No, he, the scripture says he's coming for a new, when it's going to be a new heaven, a new earth, and he's coming for us. He's coming for us. We have to learn to be church, even in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the COVID, to share the love of Jesus, to see the kingdom come, his kingdom come, and his will be done. So we need to be united in our prayer with the commands of the Holy Spirit, understanding that Jesus is living, not dead. Yes, <laughs> he's alive. Did you know that? Jesus is alive. We read it in the, second, in the, the beginning of Acts. All right? And that he's about his kingdom. And if we remember those three, three things, to receive the commands of the Holy Spirit, to accept that Jesus is alive, alive, and think about the things of the kingdom, we won't go far go wrong. I'm going to ask everybody here, would you stand for a moment? I've been sat, I haven't, oh, I don't know. The Lord is good, and he loves us, and he wants the best for us. And I believe here today, God just wants us to catch a new vision, a new purpose of what's ahead. Let's just pray. Let's just focus our eyes on Jesus for a moment. Father, I want to thank you that you made the biggest sacrifice this world has ever seen. That you sent your one and only son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die. But praise you that he didn't stay there. He rose again on the third day. Why? So that our sin could be paid for. The price had to be paid and he paid it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Father, we now accept you as our Lord and Savior. And so we can give praise and adoration to our King. And as we move forward in our lives, irrespective of what's going on around us with COVID or anything else, we know that Jesus is Lord. You are Lord of our lives. And my prayer today for us is that we are full-time Christians, not part-time. That we're committed to you, our Lord and our Savior. Holy Spirit, will you come? Will you bring that comfort that perhaps we, all of us individually need at this moment? Come, Holy Spirit. Strengthen your church. That we love those around us like you loved when you came on this planet and like you continue to love through us. Father, we commit ourselves to be those that pray together in unity with one accord that you might visit us again with your spirit, with your power, that we would see the glory of God shine. 
Come, Holy Spirit. Let's just pray in the Spirit for a moment, guys. Come, Holy Spirit. Move amongst your church now. Move amongst your church. Thank you, Lord. If I ask the band to come up, we're going to have some worship in just a moment. Pete's going to just say a few things. But thank you, Lord. Give you praise. Give you praise, Almighty God. We hope you enjoyed listening to the message today and pray that it would bless you in your life. And if you have any questions you would like to ask, then please email info at chasefamilychurch.com.